0: Episode of Wrong Opinions Only with your hosts Justin and Kayla, and this week we are getting into a TV show that both of us have been watching. A lot of people have a lot to say about right now, and it is The Dropout on Hulu.
1: Yes, in an era of scammer television. Uh, the Dropout, I feel like, might be leading these shows. I mean, you definitely watch more of the... <laughs> I watch a lot of the documentaries, like the Tinder, Swindler, Bad Vegan, you know, like the true crime episode, episodic ones. Um, but you're watching What We Worked and... Oh,
0: Kayla, Kayla. I am all about founder TVs and documentaries, especially ones that failed miserably. So the Dropout, top of the list. We got We Crash, Jared Leto. He sucks. Not a bad performance, though. And Hathaway's crushing it in that show on Apple TV. Tell us how you really feel. Not a very good show, though. Super pumped about the uh, Uber, the owner of, Uber, of there Uber there, yeah. and how he's just a freaking loose loose cannon, Travis Kalanick. That's an okay show on Showtime. You know, you have Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing the founder there. He's a loose cannon. Uh, Tinder Swindler, you mentioned, Bad Vegan. Inventing Anna on Netflix yes, was... Yep. Not a very well done show, but a pretty interesting story. You can go back to the fire festival from a couple of years ago that got everybody's attention. I, I
1: remember that in live real time, cracking up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and
1: uh, just just a sympathy for the workers, no sympathy for the people who showed up and got screwed over.
0: Oh no, those were like all the uh, finance bros and stuff that yeah. used daddy's credit card. I yep. mean, it's
1: the era of scammer television. Scammers are thriving, and I kind of hate saying that. And Absolutely. The TV shows about their scamming have never been more popular.
0: I even like some of the books and stuff about scamming, yes. scamming, which I don't read much. But, you know, I watched the doc, Enron, the smartest guys in the room. That was pretty interesting about the fall of Enron. Uh, this book, When Genius Failed, I read over the pandemic. It's about the the rise and fall of long-term capital management. So for my other finance nerds out there, MBA folks, it uh, focuses on kind of like this head funge that did arbitrage in the late 90s with John Meriwether and a lot of other brilliant professors and economists, Robert Merton, Myron Scholes from the Black Scholes Options Pricing Model, and how they were just so brilliant they thought they couldn't fail, and then they just collapsed abruptly in 1998. Great read. Highly recommend. I bought The Cult of We based on the WeWork scandal, so that is interesting. Haven't read it yet, and I just am all for that all the time. You're always going to get me if it's an interesting founder with some story about how they rose to fame and then fell down into the rubble.
1: And you know what? For perhaps the not finance savvy people that just love to watch a good scam drama. Yeah, that too. You know, I'm totally in and on board for that. Bad roommate, also a great freaky one for, for scammer roommates. Why do you think these are so popular?
0: Well, like I just said, people love to watch the rise and fall of somebody yes. that thinks... They're hot shit. It's just mm-hmm. science. You want to see somebody who thinks they're better than everybody else fail because it makes you feel better about yourself. So it's just how people operate. Are terrible. Yeah, people are terrible. And then it's fun to watch terrible people fail terribly, if that makes yes, sense. Yes, so. yes.
1: I mean, and it makes you question what makes people fall for these scams. What I you know, follow along with these scammies or am I totally judging them and sitting there like I would never (laughs) give someone who claimed to be super rich and have their own private plane, uh, my mortgage payment because they just need help. They're in a bind this one week. Yeah.
0: But depending on where the person is that falls for the scam, right? Mm -hmm. They want to believe they like have this vision of, wow, this person's selling me something. I want to believe in them and the reason they want to believe in them is because everybody's inherently greedy. They think this person can provide them wealth or opportunity or a better life. And and they just can't wrap their head around, hey, this person may be purposely deceiving me just to make a buck on their own end and they don't give a shit about me. If you're a, a decent person, a genuinely good person, I don't know, if you feel the same, but it seems like it might be hard to wrap your head around, oh, this person's purposely gonna just fuck me over because they can. Like you're like, oh no, they gotta be doing this for a reason. There's gotta they have to have a plan. They have to be doing this for a greater cause. No, some people just suck. I would say arguably most
1: start out that way. Like <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and I think that's what's most interesting about the dropout that we're about to discuss, because it does have that Well, I guess we'll get into whether she had truly had good well-doing intentions from the beginning and got misled or else, because I'm sure we have our very strong opinions (laughs) on that. You want to just go right into the dropout?
0: Yeah, let's do it up.
1: All right. So if you don't know, it's an American drama miniseries created by Elizabeth Meriwether, based on the podcast, The Dropout, hosted by Rebecca Jarvis and produced by ABC News. It features Amanda Seyfried as the disgraced biotechnology entrepreneur Elizabeth Holmes. It premiered on Hulu on March 3rd, 2022, has a total of eight episodes, which have finished, and we will be recapping all eight episodes, the entire series. So spoiler warnings. Here you go.
0: Yeah, and this story is pretty famous. Elizabeth Holmes, the founder of Theranos, really uh, got this company up to a value of $9 billion in 2014 before everything just fell apart. I've listened to and uh, watched a lot of stuff on this uh, besides the show. Like Kayla said, it's based on the podcast of the same name. There's a book, Bad Blood, Secrets and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup. That's a book about it based, uh, or John Mer- or Carrie Rue wrote, who is the one who kind of broke this story. There was a 2020 episode on the dropout. There's the doc, the inventor out for blood in Silicon Valley. So there is a lot of content out there about this story because it is so fascinating. And the main character here, the founder, the person everybody was really pulling for she is just such an enigma that it makes it fascinating.
1: And there's nothing Hollywood won't do than drive a story to the ground by having 15 different versions very of it very true. You know? Very true. So, but but I think this one is different in obviously the dramatization of it with actors. But I mean, what a story. And what a story being told, honestly, dropout. Phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and this show, I think they did a really, a really good job with it. Amanda Seafried is just. It's such a tough character to play because if you've watched interviews or anything with the actual Elizabeth Holmes, she is very awkward. She is uncomfortable. She just seems like she's uncomfortable in her skin a lot. Everybody knows the voice change, right? Out of nowhere, apparently, she just changed to a really low register voice, you know, to get more respect in the boardroom, I guess. You know, they do a pretty good job of introducing that in the show, but Seafree just. I think crushes it. She has all these mannerisms. I've seen some side-by-sides of the depositions that she does for the show and actual Elizabeth Holmes depositions. And she's pretty dead on. The cadence, the mannerisms, just the facial expressions, the like the pain in her eyes where it's like, oh man, I don't know what to do here. I just need to keep saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't recall. I don't remember. Which... In those depositions, she said like something like 500 times or something ridiculous, where she just, oh, I couldn't remember anything that yeah, I've ever done. Yeah,
1: had amnesia with yeah. every communication she had with anyone. And the fact that Amanda wasn't even going to originally play her, it was going to be Kate McKinnon from SNL.
0: Completely different is show. Is
1: just, yeah. And now at the time, they were thinking it would be more comedy-based, but I, I just don't see anyone else than Amanda Seyfried who put, obviously, a ton of work to portray someone that I think... It was very hard to get to know the human side of her knowing kind of the end result of it, what happened.
0: Even in the show, a couple times you have characters talking to the Elizabeth Holmes character and saying, you're not human. Mm -hmm. Like, you're a robot. You don't have emotions. And how do you really get inside the head of somebody that doesn't want you to get in number one and doesn't give you anything to really work from?
1: And lies so well.
0: Just lies blatantly to your face over and over again with just no remorse just oh nope it's for a greater cause because what I got out of the show and you know it's a little bit of a dramatization of the actual story right so they probably took some liberties I don't know exactly what percentage of it is true but from what I could tell it was very true to the podcast which was a research-based pod so that's Actual
1: and you listen to the podcast, correct? Yeah, yes, I listen to, to the
0: podcast. The podcast is very good. I think it's only It was only eight or ten episodes, and it hits all the main things the show goes through. And it's got uh, different interviews and um, conversations with people that are involved in the show. So it was a nice way to get kind of a refresher on the story mm-hmm. from the documentaries I saw a couple years ago. And then tie everything together with the show. Because if somebody shows up in the show, you're like, oh, that's, who are they again? And then if you listen to the pod, it's like, oh, that's, uh, what is it, Mark Rosler. He's the one who was one of the whistleblowers. And it's easier to kind of piece things together.
1: Yeah, so we'll say on the other side, just going right into the TV show like I did, they do a great job of kind of getting you familiar with why these... Um, you know, board members were so high up where they came from in the industry and why it was such a big deal that she was basically able to con them, you know, for such a long time. And so I just think very well done. We'll get into the nitty gritty of the show. But where do you stand on Elizabeth Holmes and Suni Bawani?
0: <laughs> where do I stand? That's uh, I mean, I can't say I agree with them, right? That'd be rude.
1: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, could you? <laughs> I
0: think uh, I think they're psychopaths. Like, Yep. Uh, She may be a verifiable one. Like, does she have emotions? It's really tough to tell on all the content you see about her here. I do believe that she had a vision to help people and she thought, hey, I have this idea. We can make this work. And she was forging forward in her mind thinking we're eventually going to figure this out. We're eventually going to figure this out and kept kicking the can down the road. Kept kicking it down the road. Eventually, we'll get there. Oh, it's okay that I'm lying and deceiving about this demo now because we'll figure it out later on and then it won't matter. And I think she had that mindset so much that she just kind of lost the overall purpose because it turned into, okay, how do I stall? How do I get more money? How do I keep this thing afloat instead of how do I actually make this thing work?
1: I think what they did was such a... You know, when you get to the end of it, what it became, right? Lying to obviously various people on the board, the public, um, using the uh, machinery that wasn't real. You know, they didn't really yeah. vet the technology that they said they did. Lying about results, letting people believe. I mean, having misdiagnose, you know, noses for it. Like, that's yeah, major. They, like, they people actually, thought they. Someone thought they had cancer yep. from her machine, and they didn't. I mean, it's it's scary how many lives are affected by this, and and you go how evil, right? Is a word you could yep. say cavalier could someone be to just not scam the public and rich people, right? But to scam people with med- something as important as medical information, you know. And I I'm with you. I I have to believe, and this show I think does show. She's complex. She yeah, she's complex, but she had an intention to do something right you know like she wasn't going into a different type of field and then doing this type of scamming behavior right the idea was that we're going to streamline blood testing and it's going to be better for people right yep that's a good thing and i think that's what varies from the different scammer shows is like she actually
0: what
1: what we can tell had a vision that was to do good
0: after one year of college with like no chemical engineering, yes, and multiple
1: people telling her that her idea wouldn't work, where she then immediately loses all sympathy. In my opinion, is the delusion that she had for yep. herself, That's a good which way to was, put it. and I think the show does a fantastic job at showing how someone who had a good intention can just be so delusional and grandeur about what she's doing. Her her belief throughout the whole show is portrayed is. I'm doing something important. I'm re, you know, reinventing medical technology. I'm the future. I'm, you know, and she kept that all the way to the end of the show. And in reality, the end of what really ended up happening, that, that no matter what the link she was going, lying about machinery. And, and unfortunately, I mean, some people have died from what she's done, you know, uh, workers and, and we'll go into that, but how does someone just, you know, do wrong and lie and still think that's okay. And I think the show did a brilliant job of doing that.
0: Well, Sonny Balwani is partially to blame yes. for that because the show indicates when she's starting out, it's, it's a real story. She's trying to make this thing work. She's working with the engineers and the chemist. And it seems like, you know, a wholesome, okay, a rags to riches. We're going to bring this thing up from the ground. Rags to riches is bad because her family came from money, but whatever. And then she has this weird relationship with the older guy, Sonny Balwani, that she met in China when she was in high school. I think after her high school senior year. College,
1: so she, right? I, so think, I think it was, was between high school. high school
0: and college. Oh, Maybe okay. it was her first year of college. She was just turned 18, gotcha. is the premise. Yeah. And he was like in his 30s at the time. Kind of a weird relationship. And then he comes back out to, uh, you know, California He has money. He kind of has a thing for her, and she kind of shoots him off to the side. But then she leans on him for comfort and support and brings him in and kind of, like, relieves all of this uh, anxiety she has about it not working to him. So he's the only other person that really knows what's going on. And she seems genuinely hurt, at least in the show's depiction of it, when she has to tell him, I lied. I screwed up. We gave a faulty result at this demo in was it Switzerland or Sweden, and he's just like, "Don't ever tell anybody." And then he comes in, and it's pretty much, "I'm going to shield you from this, and I'm going to continually tell you to keep moving forward I'm with shape this lie." You,
1: tell you what to do, as yep. as you know, presenting it as if I'm this aide to you. And I think the show, you know, in reality, Elizabeth Holmes puts a lot of the blame of what happened on Sunny and their relationship and her not being privy to the, all of the terrible things that ended up happening in the company. Yep. The show does a great job of showing Sonny's dynamic and, and you know what his real relationship was potentially, but they don't alleviate that for Elizabeth. They don't give her the kind of sympathy of Sonny was this older man who was taking advantage of her and the power dynamics. She was, they, they show her throughout the whole thing, completely cognizant of what was happening yep. and, and honestly being the lead in a lot of the lying and and scamming and um purposeful like amnesia with stuff like where she said she just wanted to forget it. I'm just gonna pretend it's not happening. She yep. just, you know when when horrible things would happen, she would just file it away and go on a magazine cover. And so I, I enjoyed and I liked the portrayal that they didn't just fall into that trap of like painting one picture. I will say they for Sunny like They, I don't really understand the good. I don't know how there were less moments in his portrayal that I felt like I saw the human nurturing side of him.
0: He seems like he sucks.
1: Yeah. Like he's obsessed with her and their dynamic and, and he's this,
0: uh, you know, I doubt you're listening to this podcast if you haven't watched the show, but he was this, you know, he sold the software company. So he was a millionaire and he's helping her out financially And, you know, he's trying to be big dog. Oh, yeah, I'll take care of you. I'll do all this stuff. There was not very much humanizing of him at all.
1: No, he was like this aggressive. Yeah. And uh, that's what
0: all the interviews of people that worked there said. He was aggressive in your face. He was not a people person. He was constantly yelling, verbally abusive. And just not somebody anybody wanted to work for. And it seemed like she was using him for his money and maybe influence at times. But after a point, that that stopped.
1: And I think the validation, because yeah. she was having these True. adults who had money, who were more knowledgeable on medical tech and business, and they were laughing at her. They were like, this is not in reality. And here comes Sunny to say, have this money and be like, I think you're a genius. I think what you're doing is going to change. You know, Giving her that validation throughout the series when she starts to lose a little bit of confidence, starts to have a worry. Sunny's there to they're wrong. Not you. You know, they're scamming everyone, but they're like, they're wrong. They just don't see it. They just, we just need more time. You know, like he's giving her that you're good. You're good. You're good. You're brilliant. You're Jesus. She cultivated for so long in her youth that I'm going to be this person that's going to save the world. And it was a weird symbiotic relationship. They definitely fed off each other, but yeah, I thought Sonny, like where's, I don't see anything good about you.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a, a weird dynamic. I think the show did a pretty good job of portraying it though. As far as the uh the other performances yeah. in the show, Kayla, I mean, it was a pretty loaded cast. Yes. And a lot of big name actors and actresses were taking relatively small parts to hop in the show for an episode or two, and it's great to see.
1: Listen, I can I I mean, I could shout out so many, but Stephen Fry, I love. He did a great portrayal of Ian Gibbons. That episode really made me emotional. I just...
0: Yeah, you know, that, that was he, tough. he
1: was kind of the emotional heart. Like, you got to know him from when he started the company in the beginning and how he got just iced out and, and the relationship with his wife. Like, he just felt so bad as, like, a cancer survivor and... He was like Elizabeth's yeah.
0: last tie to right. humanity. He was like, we started this together. We were going to change the world. And then he slowly got isolated, and he got pushed out of his lab, and and they make everybody sign all these NDAs, and then as they isolated him more, she moved to Sonny more, and having any type of real human relationship just vanished, and she just didn't give a shit about people anymore, and just cared about raising more money and increasing the value of the firm.
1: He just, he kept appealing to the humanity in her, and mm-hmm. at that point, that was not her priority, and unfortunately, in real life, he killed himself. And yep. it was, I think, portrayed really well and really emotional. And it just was a turning point, I think, in the show to show how far Elizabeth Holmes was willing to go, you know, for the lie.
0: Yeah. And then she brushed it off. They were like, hey, if you need to take a while to grieve Ian's death. And she was like, oh, well, at least the lawsuit's dead. And they're like, what? She's like, oh, yeah, he can't, uh, he can't testify anymore. So at least that lawsuit lawsuit from uh, Richard Fuse is, can't happen anymore because yeah, they chills, were relying on testimony. Chills,
1: like it's like, it's like the you know villain in plain sight. Like that was so eerie. Um, William H. Macy is so good at playing like a crazy person.
0: Like it's such a weird energy. role. I can't believe he took such a weird role like that where just the disgruntled older neighbor guy, but he crushed it. He's
1: probably so sick of playing Frank Gallagher at this yeah, point even though the true. show ended that he's just like be something different even though it definitely had frank elements yeah. um i just didn't i just thought it was creepy that he was so obsessed with elizabeth holmes from the beginning like a slight on his male ego that she didn't go to him you know in the beginning of the show
0: yeah that was something to give you uh sentimentality is that a word yeah i don't know i, well, I, I slowly said that uh tried to make you feel for elizabeth early on saying that this guy is basically like oh, you're not going to do that? You can't do that without me. And became,
1: like, obsessed with not getting yeah. that validation that she went to him. Um, Can I have a complaint on someone? Don't. Dylan Minnette as Tyler Schultz.
0: Yeah. He's I, the guy from 13 Reasons Why.
1: And listen, in 13 Reasons Why, mostly he's a stoic character, which is kind of Tyler, like that lack of kind yeah. of... But he was also really good at being a sad boy in the show. Like, he just <laughs> is sad true. or he's stoic. And... I just I couldn't get the clay out of him, unfortunately, and I didn't love him in this role.
0: I agree with you on that. He was kind of a weird portrayal of uh, Tyler Schultz. He he seems almost like younger and and less ma- mature than the interviews I've seen of the actual Tyler Schultz. So uh, that that was kind of a weird casting, I think.
1: At the scene when he talks to his grandfather at the end, when his grandfather's. Yeah. Sounds- I didn't, I didn't get feel it. it. Yeah, I no. didn't. When he's he's like, this is it. Like We can't have a relationship until you kind of believe me and you're on my side. I didn't really believe him. Like It didn't hit for me.
0: On the other side, Sam Waterston playing George genius. Schultz was amazing. I
1: love him. He's um, amazing
0: at everything he does.
1: Shout out to the newsroom, which was un- unfairly canceled. Yes. Yeah, um, he was so good in it. But yeah, he was fantastic.
0: And then we had Laurie Metcalf played Phyllis Gardner. And Phyllis Gardner has got to be one of the best people and characters. She's only in a few scenes in this entire show. But in real life, she is the PhD, the doctor at Stanford Mm -hmm. that Elizabeth Holmes went to. And she was like, that's not going to work. Not specifically with the Theranos idea, Mm -hmm. but with a similar idea where there's a patch on your arm Uh, that penetrates your skin to diagnose what you have and then give you any antibiotics you may need based on what your levels are. And she straight up told her, that doesn't work. The fluid mechanics won't work. The skin's too much of a barrier to penetrate through to make that functional. And Elizabeth Holmes was just like, screw you, it doesn't work. I have a whole 12 credits under my belt. I think I'm going to go do this by myself. And went and found somebody else that gave her that validation. You mentioned earlier... She really, like, needs.
1: When you see her in her last scene, when they're at the <laughs> bar, and... Great scene. Oh, my gosh. She's so good at eviscerating you verbally, Laurie Metcalf. It just was brilliant. I mean...
0: What did she... Oh, man. What were the, was the exact language? Because Elizabeth Holmes came up to her. She's like, oh, hey, I'm going to be a a fellow a uh, board person here at the Harvard business school or medical school. Sorry. And, uh, you know, do you remember me? And she's like, Oh yeah, you're going to ruin this for all of us or something. Like if you, when you fail and you, this becomes a scandal, you're going to ru- ruin it for all female entrepreneurs. Yeah, like going everything
1: forward. that she was so delusional that she was doing, helping women in tech. Yeah. And she's just like, no, you've done the exact opposite. And I need you to know that you're doing the exact opposite. It was just soul crushing in a way that only she could deliver. And it was phenomenal.
0: It was, yeah. Lori Metcalf played that to perfection. And I encourage you to watch some of these interviews with the actual Phyllis Gardner. Because she is very much like that. She is just straight to the point. I knew this girl was a disaster when I met her type of stuff. So listen to some of her interviews. They're they're really fun to listen to. And we can't go on without mentioning Alan Rock showing up to play the crazy yes. Walgreen's guy who who uh is really going after Theranos to get it in the Walgreen's stores and they actually went into Walgreen's stores which is just baffling to the state that it got that far.
1: Yes. I uh. mean that that's how that's how easy it is not just a scam but like again when you have the when the premise is to do good it just incentivizes i think people to kind of latch on right because you want to at the end of the day like you want to make money but you want to do it doing something good in theory not everyone thinks that way but but for a lot of the investors it's like a win-win like we're gonna make so much money off this new invention and we're saving lives like this is great this is a great thing to put money and time in and i think that helped you know, convince a lot of these men,
0: and you can definitely see the Walgreens guys, especially in the episode "Old White Men."
1: Yes, that which was just was a great a title. Yes. That was
0: a great episode, and it's just all these old white men who are trying to, uh, you know, reverse the clock, go back in time where they mattered more, and they're seeing all these young entrepreneurs uh, like pop up into stardom, like you're seeing. Facebook and Tesla and all these things kind of skyrocket, and they want to latch on. They want to be able to kind of revive some of that youth by hopping on with one of these young hot, hot. What was the phrase I was looking for there? Hot stop is what I was trying to say, which is not a great phrase. Uh, Founders, and then it was a woman founder. So it's even like, hey, there's not a lot of women CEOs out here. We're trying to really latch on to that as well, and. Yeah, nope, they didn't do the due diligence. They didn't do the research. They didn't make sure it was something that they needed. And honestly, props to Theranos, dangerous for me to say, to completely just string them along and bully them into paying them for their services. Like, yeah. it just, I Here, can't believe it worked.
1: Here's the thing like, when it comes to scammies, right, and sympathy, I think generally people have more sympathy for the average day citizens that get scammed off of out of their money than they do about like Rich White execs that have millions and lost out on millions. Like when you're watching this, you're not you're you're you have sympathy, but you're almost kind of laughing a little bit at how easily she was able to con them. I don't think the sympathy kind of resides in what they lost, which was a lot of money Mm -hmm. from this investment. And I think the show does a great job of like how she was able to kind of play on their weaknesses, you know, and take advantage of it. And while she acted like she couldn't, she couldn't even work with her own emotions, she didn't know how to kind of craft herself to other emotions.
0: Yeah, and she kind of showed that in how she found her board. Right. She found her board and guess what? Spoiler alert, a whole bunch of old white powerful men who held various uh, governmental offices like George Schultz, obviously big name was the uh, um, secretary of state and a lot of old military I mean, her father members was on the board as well. What was that? Her father. Her father was on the board yep. as well. So just, just baffling that people looking back a lot easier in hindsight. I understand you're looking at this board of directors for this revolutionary, you know, company that's changing how blood work is done. There are no chemists, there are no doctors. It's like they are all these old white men. It's just it's almost comical to look back on if you didn't have the uh the undertone of all these people were getting wrong results and potentially causing, you know, fatal fatalities in them. Right, it's just brutal. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, what do you think in general of the tone? And we talked a little bit about how it's giving equal time to you know, Elizabeth Holmes and like where she came from and how she kind of was just embedded in her own belief system, Sonny and all of that. Do you think at the end of the day, towards the finale that recently came out, do you feel like it painted a well-rounded picture of Elizabeth Holmes?
0: I think it did. Uh, the beginning of the show, I think they were trying to show her a little bit more sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And then there was a pivot. There was that turn. And by the end of that last episode, it's you're almost laughing at how uncomfortable she is where she cannot admit that she screwed up. She just refuses to say she's sorry. And at that point, you lose all sympathy for her. Like, this is on you. Take responsibility for your actions in this and don't push it off onto everybody else. So I think they did a pretty good job. The pacing, it was interesting because they did pop around years a little bit. All in all, for eight episodes, I think they did it well. At first, I was a little concerned it was going to be too long, too drawn out. But I think they did a great job at kind of condensing everything into the eight episodes. Because by the end, you're like, oh, wow, they could have really stretched this out to another episode or two if they really wanted to.
1: And I think the character of Linda Tanner, the lawyer, right, the corporate lawyer, like at the end when she's physically chasing down Elizabeth Holmes after everything has happened, the company is done, she's in legal trouble, she's trying to collect the last of her things, she's chasing after her, like, can you give me some sort of response about the horrible things that you've done that are completely public knowledge that your business has done? And you're, you're living in shame? Like, can you acknowledge it? And Elizabeth literally puts in her earbuds, runs down the stairs. Like, she just runs from it, even to the end, when everything has been laid out on the table, you know, before her, her de- deposition. She's still running away from it. She's just so delusional. And she delusional. was sitting there, like,
0: smiling, playing with her new dog. And you have uh, the lawyer there is just like, hey, like, this is over. You need to file for bankruptcy. And then Elizabeth goes, hey, can you... uh pull up that paperwork for me. And she's like, no.
1: I'm not, your lawyer, I'm not you, your lawyer because you can't even afford to pay me. She's like, you have no money, you know? And
0: then she's like, you look happy. And Elizabeth has the call to be like, well, yeah, I have a new boyfriend. Do you want to see a photo? She just has no awareness of what's going on. It doesn't seem like in the show that she wrapped her head around that fact that she actually did something that was terrible and hurt a lot of people. She just refuses to believe it.
1: I think the show as kind of like a thing that's not... Totally apparent, but I think they definitely play around with is the idea that perhaps Elizabeth Holmes is on the spectrum,
0: yeah, I think and so. I think
1: that's something that's subtly throughout the show that as a reason for her kind of not able to connect kind of uh somewhat like similar Asperger kind of responses, this is all obviously a theory has not been confirmed um. And I think they play off of that for sure, like kind of as a thread of why she's reacting the way she does. Yeah. But it that scene, like even when she's screaming, trying to get an Uber and going as Lizzie, which her um husband new husband, boyfriend, they didn't really yeah. give a timeline on that, calls her. Like she's just able to absorb into the next identity, the next thing is wild.
0: Absolutely crazy. Uh, you know, great show though. And I love personally how. It comes crashing down at the end because Erica Chung, one of the, you know, brave uh, new hires, basically, who left the firm, sends a letter to uh, CMS. And a government agency actually did something right.
1: Amazing. It has been a slow day.
0: Yeah, and I love the, she was having the conversation back with the Tyler Schultz character. And she's just like, they are boring. Their name is boring. It doesn't even make sense. They just are boring. And guess what boring people do? They look at stuff. So let's just send this letter to the boring government agency who I am bored by saying their name, mm-hmm. and maybe they'll freaking do something. And then you have the guy show up like, hey, I want to look at the labs. Like, Again, yeah, nobody's been able to look at those for 10 years, dude. Good luck. But it's the government now. Right, right. So you have to let the government in.
1: Right, exactly. Uh. So just just really well done. And... I. Like, can we talk a bit about the music? Because the soundtrack was killer. I think the music definitely played into the moments, you know, especially the the usual grandeur moments where she's standing on a table and they're playing all these hype songs. Or um what was the song she sang in the car ride when she's like pumping herself up? Was it a Katy Perry song?
0: Was it Roar? No. Oh no! Roar was. Roar
1: definitely was one of the songs in the series. Just yeah. like it was just a subtle way, like in moments where you're just like, "This is so ridiculous!" Like what she's doing, or <laughs> you know, in kind of the sillier moments, and they had a song right for it. I just thought it was so good. Her
0: dancing was probably the best part of the show, yes. right? Just yes. the awkward dancing was amazing. It happened what probably like five out of the eight episodes. You had an awkward dance moment, which was just clutched by the uh, the producers and the director on that front.
1: Listen, shout out to the awkward dancers in real life. Um, you're out there. We're out there. And uh,
0: it looked like Elaine from Seinfeld. That, it was yes. it was rough, but yes. it was hilarious.
1: Yeah, it was just up there with the the thumbs pointing from Elaine. Yeah, that was great. So I, I love music. Obviously, we both love music. And I love when it's well crafted in a show that makes sense. And they clearly put a lot of thought into the soundtrack. And uh, well played. Well played dropout. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what a lot of these shows nowadays, and we talked about it with Yellow Jackets. Mm -hmm. If you have a killer soundtrack, that really just helps bring the entire show to life.
1: Yes, yes. And they did it well, so good job. Um, Did you like the feature flashes to Elizabeth Holmes' deposition?
0: I did, because I think it kept you grounded, the whole series. And this is where this ends up. And you can see in the depositions, the whole show, they flash to it. She's not taking responsibility. She's not taking responsibility. She can't remember everything. And it does a good job of, hey, she can't remember anything, but let's flash back and show you exactly what happened. And she was definitely involved in it. So I think they did it in a in a really smart way. It's similar to how the We Crashed uh, show starts out where it's like a boardroom meeting at the end where everything fell apart, and then they flash back to all the stuff that led to that point not done nearly as well as they did it in the dropout.
1: I like the idea of it. Like, I like the idea of showing the end result mm-hmm. kind of in flashes throughout the series. I didn't love the actual execution. For me, it okay. felt like kind of jarring out of the show. And it, it didn't look too different from the version of Elizabeth we were seeing. So it felt like that could have happened at any episode where she was, you know, she looked the same like it. So, for did me it didn't you know do... that
0: that was all future deposition uh, flashes, or did you not know right away?
1: No, I I okay. think because she's talking about like kind of her, yeah, you know. But I just felt like it was just dr- a little drawing out of the episode, and I wasn't sure. Like the the clips that they were having her perform, where she was like, "No, I didn't know this was happening," and then they would show yeah. the scene of it happening. Like I followed that, but it just to me it didn't add some depth sometimes like sometimes she wasn't really saying much like it was just her denying it or like I don't recall I don't call and I'm like what is that aiding in this episode
0: yeah that that's a good point it's almost like they did that solely so they could put the side by side of the real Elizabeth Holmes with Amanda Seyfried's performance and use that as material saying like we did the deposition and she looks and sounds identical to but her but they
1: didn't show like the real one
0: well, I saw it in a lot of the promotional materials. Oh, I, okay. I saw some of that okay. stuff. So, yeah. Or maybe that's just a Twitter, Instagram thing that I follow that I, I've been seeing a lot of those, which has been fun to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a, she. A great job again. Shout out to Amanda Seifried because that was phenomenal. Now, listen. Weird question, but I just want to throw a scenario at you. If you were working at Theranos, and you could pick your department, where do you <laughs> think you'd go? When do you think you would have left, or would you?
0: All right. So I thought about this a lot watching okay. the show. Now. Immediately, you go, wow, this is a mess. Why would anybody want to work here? Everybody's so secretive. It depends on a lot of factors, obviously. Yes. I finally got some understanding of why you'd have Tyler Schultz and like the people that were those new hires staying in. If it's their first job, Mm -hmm. maybe they don't know. Maybe like, oh, is all the corporate world like this? Who knows? They don't know any better. But people that are older that have experience and they're working there- I cannot imagine I would have stayed there long. I wouldn't have been in the chemistry department. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> right. Uh, right. <laughs> I probably would have, I wouldn't have been in PR. I probably would have been on the, oof, I don't know. If I'm on the finance team there, then uh, it's a little bit of a different story, yeah, huh? Yeah. We're rolling in the we money. I might be on that seeing front. your
1: depositions. Yeah. I don't
0: want to know what's happening in the lab. Don't tell me. So, yeah. I probably shouldn't say that out loud.
1: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I,
0: i had i would have had to have left though like once they start making you sign ndas like every time you freaking walk in the building i'm sorry if i'm working a place i'm not signing six ndas just to go to work i think
1: that's it like and you saw in the original crew like the friends that she pulled from college like mm -hmm. at the original startup like you saw her vision and how it was when you started seeing it change which is what the show showed they started leaving because they saw it, how it transformed. They were being locked into rooms where they couldn't talk to other people, and they were being watched through their camera and their computer. They had badges that, that let them in and out at certain times, yeah. and there were security guards monitoring them and watching she them.
0: Secu- like, freaking security with her Every place she went, right. she was when, like the president. It was ridiculous.
1: Um, for me, I—I I mean, I'm definitely not in the chemistry lab as well. Shout <laughs> out to the chemists. I feel bad because they were the ones I feel like the hands-on seeing it. But I could see myself in like an office job, like in the PR or like
0: PR. That's a rough be- one <laughs>
1: because you're not seeing it. You don't. Mm-hmm. You're not. You don't know the science. Your job is to like, where does Elizabeth want to go next? Florida? Okay, mm-hmm. let's arrange this. Like, you're kind of. You, I think, could be the most oblivious and still be innocent in those kind of where they're just scheduling and doing that because they're not seeing the shit that's going down. So I I could see myself a little bit. But however, if I started with her and I saw how it was changing, I'm out. The writing's on the wall. When they start having secret meetings and the sunny guy's coming in and telling me what's what... Not oh, no, that's a wrap. Yeah, that's a wrap.
0: And they showed, like, the marketing team, or she brought in some outside marketing consultants about putting together, like, all these packages and promotional materials, mm-hmm. and they send her a list of uh, all these, like a checklist of these Excel sheets basically saying, okay, this is what we're saying. Please verify all these are true and provide backup. Is it one drop of blood? Oh, well, no, it's a few drops. Okay, how many tests can be done? You say over 200. And their whole point was, and I saw an interview with them on the 2021, it's just, hey, we need to verify this so it's not false advertising. So we went back to them, like, we need verification and backup on all of these things that this is really how it it operates, and there's no slight language uh, switch up here. And like, oh, they just never got back to us, never paid us, never did any of this stuff. And it's just kind of a weird situation (laughs) you know you you want all these promotional materials you don't think these marketing agencies are gonna oh hey we need to make sure this is true before we do it like come on
1: yeah there's just there were a lot of people on the on the inside who were also on the outside of it you know not in the heart of what was going on um and so yeah i mean they got burned
0: i will tell you one of my favorite scenes though okay it was in the second to last episode heroes when Her lawyers, Elizabeth Holmes' lawyers, go to the Wall Street Journal place, and they have this big old sit-down where they're trying to intimidate him with all their big lawyers and, hey, we're going to crush you. And then you have John Carrier, who's just like, can you just answer some of my questions? Yeah. They're just like, well, we can. He's like, well, can you just answer, is it one drop of blood? Like, these are simple questions. I'm not asking for trade secrets here and then one of the guys slips up on the other side he's like well you know technically and then then they're in scramble mode and they leave and you have uh john carrie and his i guess editor or manager uh were just sitting there like holy shit they just admitted that they fucked up we have to run this now and it's just like that was such a cool kind of scene to see because the other lawyers as they left they look or uh the david boys right called elizabeth and it's just like hey they're running the story he just knew like we screwed up we got it they're running it damn
1: (laughs) it's like the spotlights they knew they knew pretty much yeah
0: (laughs) that was such an overacting piece. yeah yeah
1: (laughs) okay um so any last thoughts on the dropout the ending any feelings on the finale
0: you know uh i thought it was very well done i liked the finale I was wondering if they were going to be getting into like a little add on for the trial stuff that's happening because the podcast did a secondary podcast based on the trial. I've not Mm -hmm. listened to that one. Uh, So I'll kind of keep tabs on that. But overall, I think it was well done and I was nervous when it started. So I was pleasantly surprised with how it turned out.
1: Yes, I thought it was really well done. I definitely think it's a standout season. And I hope this just gets Amanda Seyfried lots of work
0: because I'd like to see
1: her more things. Um. So, I guess just a little bit of a, a summary of, in real time, what Elizabeth Holmes is up to. So, as of today, she's currently residing in a $135 oh, million estate in California, uh, poor Elizabeth Holmes right now, with her husband, William Billy Evans, who's a little bit showed at the finale um, He's heir to the Evans hotel chain, so she found herself another man with lots of money. <laughs> um, their baby son and two dogs as she awaits sentencing scheduled in September after being convicted on four counts of defrauding investors in a four-month-long trial in January of this year. So not too long ago. Um, she's facing a maximum prison sentence of 20 years, but legal experts think it's probably going to be a less severe punishment, and she could have a fine up to $250,000, Plus restitution for each count. So she owes people obviously a lot of money, but they don't think she's going to get the full extent of that 20 years. Sunny Belwani was tried separately and is currently undergoing his own trial since March of this year. So it's just starting. What do you think Elizabeth is going to be sentenced with? Do you think, do you kind of agree with the speculation that's going to be less?
0: Yeah, I I don't think there's any chance she gets 20 years because she only got. uh... What four counts? Three of the counts were wire fraud, and mm-hmm. one was conspiracy to commit wire fraud for lying to investors. None of them were about the like health and safety of duping patients. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's going to be something a little less. I'm not any legal expert, but yeah, I would say so we, prob- we do want
1: to preface we are yeah. no legal experts.
0: I'd say uh, <laughs> I'd say maybe like five years. I think it's going to be light, and people are going to be like, "What's going on here?"
1: I think it's going to be ten to twelve years. Ten
0: to twelve, and five to ten. But okay. I think
1: she gets out early like i think there's some sort of like you know we don't have enough room and you didn't kill anyone so we're gonna let you out i think the real repercussions are gonna be one the money that's owed that they yeah. are gonna hit her on and two i think it's going to be her inability to create another company and and the you know
0: well who would work for her again anyway who right would work well for her, but- sonny balwani no, yeah, not no. after the way the trials went. Yeah, maybe
1: not. So I think that's going to be where they're going to feel like she's going to get what's due to her is that she's not able to do this again, and and the money owed that's going to take in theory some time to pay off. I think it's going to be less on the actual prison time, yeah. which which is I don't know. Ultimately, how I feel, I kind of feel like she did a very bad thing for a long time. So I don't know. I and don't feel. And that's what
0: makes it it makes it different than these other stories the WeWorks and the inventing mm-hmm. Anna and the uh what the super pump story because this is medical devices that affect people's life it's not just money and defrauding investors it's really putting people in danger so it's it's a different scale so you would think what uh uh Anna get Anna Delvey and the event to Anna she got like Something like six years, four to six years. Something in prison? like that. Then
1: they try to get her out of the country and then she found a loophole to yeah. stay here <laughs> still. So she's scammers are going to scam. Yeah. I just, I don't know exactly what you said. I feel like she should get the max time personally. I think, you know, I could care less about the people that invested. It's not my money. I don't see that, you know, but I do feel bad for the people, the actual people who were getting the tests yeah. and got misdiagnosed, got inaccurate results, had that fear, and maybe made medical decisions based on those results yeah. it is scary. And I think that is where I feel like get the next time.
0: Now, do you think, because uh, I heard Phyllis Gardner say this, mm-hmm. that Elizabeth got pregnant so that she'd be pregnant during the trial to get sympathy from people?
1: If I'm going to go off of this show, which I think gave yeah. the most version of her that we could see um yeah yeah percent, totally. right, 100%. Yeah. yeah this yeah. portrayal made me think absolutely especially with the way they show how she tries to garner sympathy by playing off the old man like father figures and they just want to help the poor little girl who needs help from the men
0: yeah and then even when the wall street journal story came out when she's calling her board members to make sure they stay on she's like they just hate women. They hate women in charge. They're all sexist. Like, this is bullshit. They're just trying to pull down women CEOs. And she was just trying to use that in a way that really is going to affect other women CEOs and founders coming forward. Because she used it as a weapon to try to gain sympathy and not really truthfully.
1: Is it coincidence she got with a millionaire heir to a hotel chain? I mean, a lot of things are very... Yeah. And, and then everything's sunny. It's on him and, and what he did. Yeah, no, she's just a master manipulator, obviously. So, yep. yeah, she's bad and probably going to go away for some time, you know?
0: And that's it for our coverage <laughs> of the dropout. <laughs>
1: yes, all right. Are you ready for our Swarly of the Week?
0: Always. All right, Kayla. Swarley of the Week. Go.
1: You know what? This Swarly of the Week this week really has consistently been a swirly in history. But I'm just going to point out, because it seems especially terrible these days, and my swirly is the U.S., which...
0: The United States the of the America? The entire United
1: States of America. Okay, cool. Um, Definitely, I could spotlight a couple specific states, but it just feels like we're just going so backwards in so many things. And the rhetoric I just see from representatives and people and just general Americans on Twitter, I'm just like horrified by and it's like i just want to get out of the discourse of america because okay. i just feel like we're just going like i said backwards in mentality rights uh opinions what we can say to people um who should have the ability to do what and it's just I, i'm starting to excommunicate states i'm starting to go all right texas see you later uh florida see you never you know and uh i don't appreciate that we are we're being very swirly ask also oh. cancel student loans just saying <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, we, we could have a whole separate pod on the we student could loan it could be prices. a two-hour
1: pod, but without getting too deep in the nuts and bolts of our swirliness. Yeah, the US is my swarly. All right, I would be better
0: I was not expecting the United States of America to be your Swarly. And it won't be week, the only but, time, but go ahead. <laughs> so my SWARLY of the week is going to be Frontier Airlines. So Frontier Airlines made an offer to buy or to merge with Spirit back in February. And it seems like that was going to happen. And then JetBlue made an all-cash offer for Spirit Airlines a couple days ago, which is reportedly more than the Frontier offer. So Frontier is probably like, all right, we're going to build, we're going to merge, it's going to be great. And then JetBlue is like, well, hold on just a second, we're going to swoop in here and potentially take over. Still has to go through a ton of regulators and everything because they're trying to prevent Too many monopolies in uh, the airline industry so that customers aren't having to pay crazy high rates. And the Frontier Spirit merger made sense because they're both budget airlines. But when you go JetBlue and Spirit, are they going to have a lesser version of JetBlue? Do they really kind of align in the same way? I don't know. It's going to... We're going to have to see how it actually all plays out. They haven't accepted any offers yet. They are looking at everything, but... That. I just thought that was kind of funny. Two different companies in the last two months have made offers to buy Spirit Airlines.
1: That does not bode well uh, for JetBlue, just saying, as I have a co-worker who's currently flying on Frontier today, oh, and yeah. her flight got canceled like three times before her trip. Oh. And so she's, you know, we, okay. we, we're we a dark humor group, so we had a lot of jokes about hopefully you make it um, just based off of the bad experience she's had with that. Frontier so. or Spirit? Frontier.
0: Okay, yeah, because JetBlue put in an offer for Spirit. Oh, gotcha, and gotcha. And Frontier was going to merge with Spirit.
1: I hear, just yeah. honestly, Spirit's I terrible, I hear. I hear. I've never been so on Spirit. I've not yeah. been on Spirit. I value my life. Probably will, hopefully will never will. But the jokes I hear about <laughs> yeah. people who go on Spirit Airlines are hilarious and how terrible it is. So, yeah, I think breathing air costs money. Yeah, Obviously, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Oh, do you want to actually have a spot for your right leg or just your left leg? Here? Exactly. Yeah. You
1: can only have one. <laughs> All, All right.
0: right. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and simpatico, Kayla.
1: We're we're just on the same vibe. What can I say? I'm ready for our friendship question of the week.
0: All right. How about you? What is it, Kayla? Because you read it to me and I'm confused still.
1: I think it takes both of us a couple <laughs> times to read it before we understand it. So our friendship question of the week is... What is it about me that makes you think I understand you?
0: Uh, we're sitting here looking at each other and can't understand the question. So I'm sure our podcast listeners are really. Let me try it. it again. Yep. What
1: is it about me that makes you think I understand you?
0: So, so I. What is it about you? <laughs> we might have to cut this whole thing out.
1: Uh, <laughs> essentially, what? How do you know that I understand you? Whether that's a nonverbal cue, it's a verbal cue. Like how do you what are the instances you know that I'm on your level? I'm getting what you're throwing? I'm picking up what you're stepping in, that type <laughs> of thing. What are so, What are your clues? Context clues? Well
0: uh, we see each other a lot. We've known each other for a very long time. We play D and D weekly. So the nonverbal cues sometimes you'll you'll like just get quiet and you have kind of like a head tilt. And you just like your eyes are just Mm -hmm. a little squinted and you're just kind of I can tell you're just like, "Mm, I do not agree. And I'm trying to decide right now if I'm really going to make a stink about not agreeing with what's happening. So and sometimes you're just like "Mm," you kind of shrug your shoulders, you let it slide. But other times you're like, "Mm, no, 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 no. Hold on a second here and then jump in. And all in just your facial expression, I can usually tell which way you're going to go.
1: Okay, but the question is how? How do you know that I understand you? Like, what when you're you're saying oh, something? Yeah. How do you know that I'm like getting it? I'm I'm understanding what you're what you're saying. You go like, first, then Kayla, because okay. I'm
0: confused. <laughs>
1: okay, so I feel like as we've spent a lot a lot of time together, I'm picking up on your emotional cues more. Like, mm-hmm. I I feel like now. I understand your tick of like when you're just holding yourself back. You also aren't like very quiet when you are like about your feelings, especially yeah, when you're fair. disagreeing with something. But we're very good at like you're you're having an opinion. I agree. I just look at you, or someone says something that we both are like, "What just?" Yeah, we will like what glance just at each said, other. We will glance at each other, and it's getting way better to the point where like I look up and you're looking up at the same time. Yeah, and that's. And that's how I know you're understanding me. Okay. And we're thinking the same thing. Another thing is that when there's like a certain laugh, I think, that I'll say something and you'll have that laugh. Oh, you're you're barely holding it in now. Um, <laughs> that I'm just like, yeah, you... You're, I you know, I'll tr- I try to be subtle sometimes in my comments, and you start laughing, and I go, yeah, you knew what I meant there. Yeah. Yep, you knew what I meant.
0: And I have different versions of laughs, so some, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. There's like the ha-ha-ha, and then there's one where it's just like, I literally can't stop myself from chuckling right now.
1: Yes, and then that's kind of nonverbal things, and I guess when you're laughing, but- your Text messages sometimes lately, uh, I'm just like, that's what I was thinking and didn't say yet. And I feel like, you, even though I'm not commenting, like, you understand me,
0: yeah. 100%. I, I
1: read your text and I go, that's what I was thinking. He understands me because I'm thinking the same thing yep. and he said it. So, those are the subtle ways I know that you get me.
0: Well, I think you pretty much outlined. Oh, yeah, all the ways. okay, so, I crushed so it. that's pretty good. <laughs> it's funny, uh, in DD Weekly too, I noticed that uh, Kate and I have some nonverbal uh, communication that yeah. happens so i'll be interested to see if she listens to the pod but sometimes it'll be either you do something or chit does something and i'll just like glance up over at kate and like try to hold in a laugh and she just starts looking at me and like doing like the same thing like i know exactly what you're thinking and i know that what that you know that i'm thinking that you know what i'm thinking you know
1: You know? Yeah, I know what you're thinking there when you just said that. Yeah. Whereas I avoid all eye contact with Kate because I've become a contrarian player. And that I used to have a DM, like a sympathy. And now I'm like, I'm just going to antagonize, like you guys antagonize me as a DM. And so I'm going to be the one to throw things for a loop.
0: And when I'm a DM, I'm going to kill you off immediately.
1: That's what I expect. Okay. Can't wait. Just have two
0: characters ready. All
1: right. So I think that's enough of our talk here today. Can't wait to see what other scammer shows are in the future. I'm sure it's a very scammer summer. And with that being said. Whoa,
0: whoa, before you go, before you go. Yes? Are we going to see the uh, Bad Blood movie that comes out for, based on the dropout, based on the Elizabeth Holmes story that's going to be starring Jennifer Lawrence and written by Adam McKay? Did you hear about that? Ooh,
1: Adam McKay is a hit or miss for me. Um, yeah. he's
0: He's got a different way of kind of framing things. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer it's based Lawrence, on the book though. So it should be a true representation. And Jennifer
1: Lawrence in another Adam McKay film. After yeah. We're not going to talk
0: about Don't Look Up because. Yeah.
1: I'm. Yeah. I'm probably. It's coming on theaters.
0: Is it? it oh, oh this. I thought you meant Don't Look Up. Um. I don't even know if it's in production yet. I've just read some articles that Adam McKay is working with Jennifer Lawrence to make an adaptation of the Bad Blood book. So I don't even know how far along it is. See, but. here's
1: the thing. like Now's the time because they're currently mm-hmm. undergoing sentencing trials. I feel like in the two, three years lately it takes to make films, four years, I, I'm not going to want to hear about Elizabeth Holmes. So I think that's going to be a factor in me seeing it
0: okay well i'm 100 percent gonna see it okay so i'll let you know
1: okay sounds good all right and on that though see you next week
0: well that's it for this episode of wrong opinions only please follow us on instagram at wrong opinions only and on twitter at wrong opinions where we'll be dropping some clues and hints to upcoming episodes until then jk out